Thank you uh, for joining me on Tennis Valak, episode 26 with Brian Danielson. Uh, today, what I'm going to be doing is uh, doing an over-the-phone interview with uh, one of, going back to my tennis back in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, this guy's really kind of known for Mr. Tennis in Tulsa. Uh, he ran different uh, tournaments over the years uh, through Tulsa, uh, through one of the uh, courts, uh, La Fortune Park in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. But he is very, uh, how he grew up and what he was doing and how he got started with tennis in, in everything like that. So what I'm going to be doing, it's over the phone interview. And what I'll be doing is then uh, I will be then uh, letting you listen to it. And then I'll pause it, let you know where I was in my tennis career back then and kind of let you know a little bit more uh, about that aspect of things too. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's uh, get to that interview and uh, we'll take it from there. Coaches, so I coached football. Uh, I was 
class in 1967 for the Tulsa World Open. The director that was supposed to move in here from St. Louis and direct the Tulsa World Open decided he could not make it. The Tennis Association asked me to then fill in and direct the, my first Tulsa World Open in 1967. So, yeah, with that, just being uh, being a, a teacher that just needed to fill in and uh, start playing tennis, uh, that's how he got started in playing tennis. He he didn't used to, you know, he didn't play tennis that much. But once he got into it and started then learning uh, the game and that kind of where he got his passion from, too, uh, with that. And then and then then plus uh, being thrust upon uh, being able to run a whole tournament uh, for uh, back then and back in the early 70s or back in the 60s into the 70s uh, tennis was very very getting very popular back then uh, where you could not hardly get a court any place uh, wherever you wanted to play and I directed that tournament and many others for the next 30 years oh my gosh that is amazing though and so you're kind of thrown into the fire as trying to get all the names and all the brackets together and all the names ABC or whatever it was back then uh, you know in those tournaments I remember playing a Tulsa World Tournament too uh, back in the early 70s but you started even before then so that was even before La Fortune opened up so you probably probably you probably were running a lot of the tournaments through Tracy Park and you know kind of all over in that area to kind of have the overflow because they were so big back then I remember hundreds of guys that played back then yeah my first Tulsa World Open had an entry of right at 700 I grew then to uh consistently 900 and later on the Tribune, Tulsa Tribune, the August tournament was the first one to go over a thousand. So we needed a lot of tennis courts. Oh my gosh, yes. A lot of high school courts that were used, I'm sure, all over. Well, we, we used courts as far away as Sepulpa. Oh my goodness. Humidity just west of here. We had to because we had so many matches that the draws were Many of them were 128 draws in the juniors, oh and all the, all the adults were full 64s. And along, along the way, when we first started out, the adults played by age division. Oh, okay. Age division. Uh -huh. And uh, quickly found out that age division tennis was inequitable tennis because the guys in the same age... Yeah. Some of them had played college tennis and were really good, and others were pretty not as good. Therefore, the seeded players, and we did full seeding on all of our tournaments, the seeded players, particularly the number one seed, always, always won. And in the, and in the case of a really good player like uh, Roger Clark, for instance, as he came through the adults, I realized that he was winning every time he entered, and I started checking to see what the awards were for a particular tournament, figuring these same players were going to win again and trying to select different awards for them. Uh -huh. Very quickly, they trophies, which just sat there, trophies or plaques, and they wanted merchandise or t-shirts. Yeah. And so Tulsa then, our Tulsa tournaments for the adults, we changed 
RP, which is what the adults play now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I grew up with, with the divisions of A, B, or open A, B, and C uh, players uh, for the tournaments back then when I was playing in the 70s. Uh, so, and then later on, like he said, it became the MTRB uh, ratings for everybody in what their rating was as far as uh, how they played and what their consistency is. And they give you a number for how and what you do as far as consistency with your playing uh as as far as if you're you know a 4-0 or a 3-5 uh uh you know not getting the ball over the net but being consistent and then being more consistent with being a 4-0 player and all that so uh that's kind of how that started and being the first uh, one in the country to start doing that uh smart idea i think it was uh back then Oh, yeah. Right away, immediately. 
Association started giving away the tennis balls, which we do to this day. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, that, that is just, the, and that's really a great aspect of, of returning back to the game of tennis, too, you know, to be able to do that. Yeah, and in most tennis tournaments, in any most any tennis tournaments nowadays, they just give you the two balls uh, because it is the cost thing that's involved with that. But that was so amazing, though, that uh, he was able to give the three, the full three balls to the uh, players uh, back then to be able to play with all three of them. It makes it a lot easier. You don't have to run around as much uh, to get the other ball that drifted over two courts over or whatever, have to get the other people to throw you the ball and all that. But uh but still, that was uh, that was amazing to have that first step to to give away all three balls at a tournament uh, for you to play it uh, with. And what finally developed this association with the schools, and I probably ought to mail you our newsletter that show you the forty-seven schools, forty-seven schools in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, Dell City, uh, North Bartlesville. Uh, to the east, uh, Wagner, South, Muskogee, a big, big rectangle of schools in Oklahoma where we are providing their tennis balls and always, thanks to head pin, rackets oh, yeah. have never, ever charged our tennis association, either the school or the coach, for a tennis racket. We give them to the coach for the kids. Oh, sure. In the case of the Okmulgee program, we also give rockets to the adults, to the moms and dads who are playing with their kids at night, cooler under the lights. Oh, sure. And that is really uh, the realm of being able to give back to tennis. Uh, now, you uh, YouTubers, you're watching this, and I do appreciate that. Uh, please go to the my channel, uh, subscribe. Uh, uh, like, uh, leave comments on what you might want me to talk about, uh, a little bit more stuff. Uh, and then uh, also uh, here in this uh, broadcast, you're going to see the racket of the day. Uh, now, this is for you uh, podcasters uh, out there uh, that want to see what I'm talking about. You can always go to my tennis YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, uh, like, subscribe. Also, if you want to, like I said, if you want to see what you're, what I'm talking about on the podcast, so you can go and look at the racket of the day that I do have. So you YouTubers, subscribe, uh, like, comment. Uh, you podcasters also do the same thing. So in Oakmulgee alone, we've probably given a little over 100 rackets so far. Oh, my, that is a that. Cement with yellow lines and the chain link net for a 
So that's where I grew up playing my formidable tennis years too. And then gradually went, went over to Hicks Park and stuff like that and played on those courts too. And uh, even you may know, you may know and remember uh, back back in that day when I was playing, you may remember one of the guys that was always a good player, uh, Dick Pankowski. Excellent player. And since you mentioned Hale, yeah. uh, I and our tennis association, we took down at Hale High School working with the athletic director at the time. In fact, I have a, a picture right here on my ping pong table of their athletic director. We took down those wire nets, put up regular nets, uh-huh. and got, got the courts back in better shape. Uh-huh. And at Hicks Park, those six courts over there, uh-huh. they were part of the 22-court complex here in Tulsa that we got resurfaced, not rebuilt, but just the surfacing, redid the the top surface. Oh, sure, absolutely. You know, and I remember many matches at nighttime, you know, during during the time I played, during back when I was young, the heat didn't bother me back then too much, but played in morning, noon, and night, and many night matches, and and watching Dick Pankowski play some of the other guys, too, and he was an animal. He got everything back back then. Is Dick Pankowski still around? Uh, I have not heard from him in many years. I don't know if he's playing. I don't even know where he is. He has not been active in Tulsa that I know of. Oh, I see. Okay. Because he was a heck of a player back then. Yeah, he was an excellent player. You know, got everything back and ran everything down. So, yeah, I remember watching him with awe and going, God, I wish I had some of that game. Yeah, that that is right. One of the one of the premier players back when I I was playing, and he was always in the A division, and always kept uh, you know in semifinals, finals. Uh, he was a very good player back then, uh, and uh, got everything back. Uh, but uh, with that too, and being able because that's you know back in early seventies is I think that's whenever Hale was then resurfaced and with cloth nets then instead of the chain link fence and they resurfaced it with the regular color courts and they just resurfaced over the white cement courts probably is what they did if you dug down underneath where those where the asphalt is now you'd probably still find the old white cement tennis court uh, where hail courts used to be and then with the resurfacing way back uh, now hicks park Six courts, uh, nice little park uh, that you could play at. Uh, very it has lights, uh, but uh, now uh, at Hicks Park uh, today, you know, the courts are a little bit run down, uh, kind of like uh, you know where where people used to play and where it used to be big, and and people were crowded all the time during the night uh, time at Hicks Park, uh, one of the places that I used to play. But I I played all over Tulsa in all over different courts, uh, all over around Tulsa area. <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, that was just amazing in itself, uh, you know, to, to have that, that the knowledge and, and being able to grow up and, and, and having that opportunity to show the, the community tennis of, of what you've done and accomplished through the years of your playing tennis career, too. And, and becoming a coach and then, you know, how, how it got thrust upon you to run the tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, here in, in Minnesota, I have a, 
there's a local tournament that they have that they have run for 50, 52 years, uh, 52nd year that they're going to be running the summer tournament in uh, Elk River, a little small town outside of uh, the Twin Cities here, which is always a good tournament to play in, too. And, they, uh, and that's really a fun thing to do. They got mixed doubles on Friday and then Saturday sun, uh, Saturday is singles and Sunday is doubles. So they make it a whole weekend event. Since you mentioned the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, I told you on a previous phone call, uh, got to compliment the folks at the University of Minnesota. Uh, they put on several years ago a great uh, senior games event. Uh, our, my age division happened to play all of our matches indoors. Okay. They're, they're, great, uh, they're a great center. I think they have both tennis courts and a swimming pool in the same center. In fact, that the color of their courts, which is the school's off-red color, uh, my partner and I found out that we could see the ball better on that color. So when I got back to Tulsa, I had my court redone that same color, which it remains today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And that must be so good to just wake up and go, oh, I guess I'm just going to practice on my tennis court today. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that'd be so fun. That'd be so fun. I, I actually had any one opportunity to, to be able to play uh, with some guy that had a tennis court of his own in his house, but it was one time only, but it was still fun to kind of go over there and play and, and, and everything, too. Now, if you ever, if you have the opportunity ever to play on grass, though, too? Uh, I have not played on grass. Oh, okay, okay. There, there is one place here uh, in Iowa that is uh, one tennis court that the guy made out in the, in the middle of a uh, cornfield on a farm. And he went to Wimbledon and saw that, and he came back and built one grass tennis court, and it's the Iowa Tennis uh, Iowa Tennis Hall of Fame Club. Uh, and, and, that's, uh, and actually pros have been through there, Madison Keys and everything, and they've done events. Uh, at that grass tennis court, and I played on those grass tennis courts. It's been, it was really fun, too. Fun, 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 uh, fun surface to try to play on, too. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good, uh, good experience to, to be able to play and have that experience on grass. But, uh, but yeah, with that, it's, it's just amazing in itself. So when, when did actually the fortune actually open, uh, Back like 71, 72, something like that. Yes, back in the 70s. 70s, yeah. And wasn't it Charlie Cunningham that was uh, kind of the director at that time, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, yeah there was, there's two La Fortunes. The, the original La Fortune, uh -huh. the courts that were built, uh -huh. the courts were built far too close to each other. Uh -huh. So if you were playing doubles you could easily run into the doubles player on the court next to you oh, that's not good at all. therefore at the time uh, fred perry was a uh, county commissioner here mm -hmm. and through his efforts and the efforts of all of us on fundraising the original la fortune courts were turned out turned out were torn up down to the dirt, and the new courts were completely rebuilt uh -huh. with the with the correct spacing oh, sure. between courts. And uh -huh. since 
they have a better building with uh, three indoor courts. Yeah, when La Fortune Park started out, it was like maybe five, six courts, seven, eight, nine courts, something like that. But yeah, they were really small space together and everything like that. And they had a little small building, a little cement brick small building that was the clubhouse that you went and you got it, got in there, put your reservation down to play on any of the courts back then. Uh, but uh, yeah, now since then, they've really built that facility up and it's really turned into a very, very nice uh, tennis facility uh, for the Midwest uh, or in in the South uh, in Oklahoma and in for in Tulsa itself, one of the better facilities uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, in that area. With more indoor courts planned. Oh my, that is so. And I really like I really like the fact that that at La Fortune that they have that the little two, the little triangle fence that you can kind of walk into and be able to watch two courts being played that was built up and they've always had the uh, tennis courts or the tennis courts and then plus the uh, plus the uh, golf course and then the par three golf course that you could play uh, makes it a little bit easier for the day for the golfers out there. They don't want to be out there for five hours playing a full 18 holes on a regular golf course. But uh, yeah, with that, it, it is just a big, huge facility uh, of South uh, in that area. Uh, in in Tulsa with that. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, you, the, you YouTubers, you're, you're watching this, be sure and subscribe and like the channel Tennis of Ollie Talk on uh, YouTube. And then for you podcasters, you'll be seeing the record of the day coming up pretty soon. Uh, and for you uh, podcasters, uh, be sure and go. If you want to see the record of the day, uh, then you can go take a look at it and uh, subscribe and uh you know, with that. So like and subscribe, leave comments, uh, what you might uh, have me or see me do. Uh, and it's such a reasonable cost to go play at, at that. You know, most most of the courts here, because it's in, in, indoors during the winter and everything, are exorbitant prices. So kind of rough in that respect. <laughs> So with uh, with that, then uh, you know, with with uh, the fortune and and everything, uh, you know, to to uh, you know, to be able to to have that kind of a facility that has grown has has you know, is just unbelievable. How nice and and what awards that uh, that the fortune park has has won for tennis over the years too yeah, from Missouri Valley. One reason it would be good to interview Melissa McCorkle 
conference and they're now doing such a good job over there they can give you a lot more information than i can oh sure I, i'm sure so uh but yeah now that that is just just amazing in itself uh with 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 what you've been able to do with tennis and giving giving back to the community with tennis and letting people know that it's still out there and it's still popular with people playing uh, to this very day well, and, what you just said deals with my motivation uh-huh. my motivation then and today is the great numbers of fine fine people uh-huh. people i'm dealing with oh sure these, these tennis players uh, that i deal with are first class people doing everything right it's a pleasure to work with them and they they in turn are out there in their respective fields uh doing good also so it's 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 pretty inspirational working with this good group of tennis players so i I thank i thank you for your call perhaps this has been some good to you and uh Appreciate it and make these other calls, particularly to Colin Robertson. Oh, I definitely will do that. And then that could get lead into some other some other tennis pro, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> okay, thank, thank you for your call. Thank you very much, uh, Frank Wood, and uh, you enjoy enjoy the rest of the day. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, that was the interview with Frank Ward, and uh, and. Later on, that will be showing up on uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel, Tennis Volley Talk, and uh, then uh, we'll take it from there, and I'll pause it and kind of let you know where I was in my tennis career back then, too. So, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, everybody have a good day. And that was it uh, with that interview. And I hope uh, you liked it. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it because it kind of brings me back to my roots. But now for you uh, podcasters, uh, if you want to see what I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be showing the racket of the day here. Uh, I don't have a brand name on this racket, but this racket is an open throat racket uh, in with the brass screw right here. A very old racket. It's probably in about the... 30s uh, is when this racket was around and being played with in the uh, mid uh, early 30s to you know mid 40s maybe someone played with it because with the open throat and then with the gut the gut strings uh, this is either cow gut or cat gut either one but uh, this this racket here does not have a manufacturer name on it it doesn't have any writing on it or anything like that that I can see. Uh, does not have any any symbol on the, but it's a cork uh, or the wood, the wood and the handle wrapped around it there. Uh, but it doesn't have any identifying marks as far as what the manufacturer was. But this racket is uh, then back in the you know like early 30s that uh, people played with this kind of racket back then uh, in in the day. Uh, so for you uh, podcasters, like I said, if you want to see this racket, what I'm talking about right now, uh, then you can go to my uh, YouTube Tennis Volley Talk and uh, leave a comment. Uh, let me know if you like the racket of the day. I really like uh, showing my racket collection and letting you know a little bit more about uh, the rackets that are that, that past uh, people played with back in the day. Always a fun thing to do for me to show. Uh, some of the rackets that I have. Uh, and then you uh, YouTubers, you see this already. And uh, so, yeah, leave me a comment, like, 
subscribe, and this is for you podcasters to, to subscribe to uh, the channel also. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, but that is another uh, thing that I like doing too. So anybody, uh, you YouTubers and you podcasters, be sure and subscribe and like my channel. And uh, then uh, with uh, the weather out there getting nice and hot and toasty. And then next weekend, uh, uh, I will be in a tennis tournament next weekend. So next week I will be doing another interview, uh, hopefully with a, another Tulsa person uh, uh, talking about the Tulsa Tennis Club, hopefully one of the oldest uh, tennis clubs in uh, Tulsa. So everybody have a good week uh, out there playing tennis and uh, enjoy the week and uh, have a very good day. And, and thank you very much again uh, for listening to my uh, tennis, uh, tennis volley talk on uh, my YouTube. Have a good day, everybody. And a good week.